we're not going to land on a nice green lawn, you know, for the, the rugby field. We're going to land in the shrubs and and rocks and boulders and tree stumps and all sorts. Uh, so she's dealing with the line twist, finally gets out the line twist and steer where she wants to go. Um, and I see her hit the deck and kind of almost bounce. Hey, welcome back to When It Hits The Fan, the podcast that delves into what really happens when things go wrong on the road. Brought to you by Battleface Travel Insurance. Now, anyone who's ever faced serious risk through adventure travel knows that you often have time to take stock, formulate a plan, and work out how you're going to get out in one piece. But for today's guest, the difference between success and disaster can be a matter of milliseconds. Tim Howell is a former Kruger National Park guide and Royal Marine Commando who can best be described in one word, daredevil, because it's his accomplishments in base jumping and wingsuit base jumping that have brought him to the public's attention. Tim from Southern England has base jumped in 31 countries, including being the first person to wingsuit base jump in the UK, Vietnam and Kenya. He's also a very experienced climber who has scaled Africa's longest rock route in Malawi and been on climbing and jumping expeditions in Greenland, Oman, Mozambique and plenty of other amazing destinations. Obviously, Tim has some fascinating insights into the physical and psychological challenges involved in throwing yourself off mountains. Before we jump into the interview, no pun intended, we'd really appreciate if you could give us a like on whichever platform you're using. Uh, and of course, make sure you subscribe to be kept up to date with new episodes of the pod. But that's enough from me. Let's hear from Tim. Uh, Tim, great to finally have you on the podcast. How are you? Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, all good. Thanks. Just uh, just come back from the trip. So now uh, just sorting out all the admin from uh, from yeah post trip. Sure. Yeah. Um. You know, I, I talked in the intro about you know just uh, I guess uh, some of the things that you've done, but um maybe just to start off then you know for for people who are more familiar say with uh, skydiving than they are with base jumping, how would you define mm. the, the relationship between those two different sports? Yeah. So, I mean, technically, uh, skydiving is from a moving vehicle, uh, whether it's a helicopter, a plane, a, a hot air balloon, and base jumping is always from a static object. Um, normally uh, a cliff, but it could be a building, an antenna, a uh, bridge. Uh, so that's, that's kind of like the technicalities. Um, but the, the difference for me is freedom. Like for me, if I have a base rig and I know what how, how to how to jump you know i know what i'm doing i can go anywhere in the world and jump off a cliff for skydiving there's a lot of rules and regulations um and there's a lot of things stipulating what you can and can't do um but for me i'm in the mountains i can do what i want which is uh for me exactly how i want it <laughs> yeah and as i understand it as well Kind of skydiving can almost be seen as sort of training for base jumping. I mean, you need a, yeah. you need a considerable experience in skydiving in order to progress. They're not just two kind of different sports. With... No, that's true. It's, it's, it's quite weird like that. There's not many other sports that you do a different sport to get into it, you know. Um, but I, I, I teach base jumping uh, and I ask my students to have 
uh, around 200 skydives before they get into base jumping. And that's so you know, the, although the gear is different, the basics are still there. You know the gear, you know the body position. And because it is a lot more technical than, than people think it is. It's not just falling off a cliff. There's a, there's a lot about symmetrical uh, body position and, and the angle that you jump off and, and packing your gear and everything like that. So it's especially canopy handling as well. That's uh, a big part of it. It's not just the falling. It's also when your canopy finally opens, how are you going to land it? Sure, but I, I suppose that you know the, the two hundred skydives is, I suppose, uh, in, indicative of the additional risk that that base jumping holds. I mean, do you want to touch on that for a second in terms of um, the, the the different levels of risk between the two different sports? Yeah, I mean, there are a lot more people that skydive, uh, and I suppose you you can skydive, or, or normally you skydive a lot more in a day than you do base jumping. So um, there are a substantial amount of uh, incidents skydiving each year, um, <clears throat> but it's a lot more controlled. Um, there's there's different licenses uh, licenses that you you need to obtain to do certain things in skydiving, um, but but you also have a uh, an automatic activation device in skydiving. So if you're unconscious or you're unable to pull your parachute, it will automatically come out your reserve. Um, and, and you've got the reserves, uh, whereas in base jumping, you've got, you've got one chance. That's, that's pretty much it. <laughs> mm, yeah. I know the, the, the incident that you're going to tell us about today uh, took place uh, in South Africa. Is that right? Yeah. T Table Mountain in Cape Town. Yeah. And when was this? Uh, it was a good few years ago now. Um, it, it was the, the year that I proposed, so I probably should know. But... <laughs> but um, <laughs> No, my, my wife and I were proposed, I proposed to her and we were engaged for two years before we finally got married. So it would be about four years ago now. About four years ago. What happened? Yeah. Do, you want to, do you want to give us some context? Yeah. So, um, so T Table Mountain, hugely iconic mountain in, uh, in Cape Town. And it's got a very famous, um, sort of for, for base jumpers, exit point on it. Um, so you can gear up. It's about a four minute walk from the gondola. So ideal, you know, you're fresh when you're when you're ready to jump and you gear up in your wingsuit and everything just out the view of the crowds. Um, and my, my dad had actually proposed to my mom on Table Mountain as well. Oh, really? And the, the family, you know, we love South Africa. It's it's uh, I, I lived there for two years and my dad's worked there a lot. It's a place that's yeah definitely holds a place in our hearts. And I thought, yeah, why, why not? It's a perfect place to propose on the edge of Table Mountain, literally 200 meter drop on the other side, uh, gearing up in our wingsuit. So, so when we finally geared up, I got down on one knee and, and proposed. Um, and was this a surprise proposal? Uh, <laughs> had the cat got out of the bag uh, somewhat in terms of this is what was gonna happen? No, Eva didn't know at all. Um, you know, at that point, I think I'd done about 300 base jumps um, and I was way more nervous asking uh, for a hand in marriage than, than jumping off a, a cliff. It was uh, it was quite a strange experience for me. My voice started wobbling and uh, and uh, and we thought we were completely out of view of the tourists. But apparently some of them kind of could just see around the corner and knew what was happening. So. So when she said yes, that was a, that was a huge cheer, which was, uh, which was quite nice. Uh, 
So like a, a beautiful moment, really. I mean, I, I guess a sort yeah. of, you know, incredibly beautiful location and thankfully a, a yes to your, uh, yeah. your proposal. <laughs> um, but uh, obviously then you have to go straight into a into a base jump. So how, how did the, the sort of prep go? I mean, you know, yeah. do, you, do you still then have 20 minutes of checking equipment and making sure things are tied together correctly? And Yeah, I mean, it was um, it was pretty much at the end of the gearing up process. So uh, it was pretty much uh, zip the wings, uh, step on the edge. Um, we always jump the same. So it was I jump first, Eva follows me. We've got the same countdown. We, we tell each other which angle we're going to jump so we don't bump into each other. Uh, so it's quite a fluid sort of uh, process that we always do. We've done for hundreds of previous jumps. So it was, yeah, probably about five minutes um, from, from proposing. Uh, and then it kind of went downhill from there. <laughs> well, li literally and figuratively, I guess. <laughs> literally and figuratively, yeah. <laughs> it all went wrong. Yeah. Um, what, what happened, uh, Tim? So we... You're, you're facing the, the sea, you're flying out to the sea. You don't, you don't make it all the way, but ideally you, you want to pull your parachute above um, a rugby field. And the only, owner of the rugby field loves it. You know, he's, you land on his field, you go get a few drinks and he, he loves it. He's all on board. Um, but with a little bit of um, onshore wind, uh, and, and Eva and I not flying efficiently as we should do, we had to pull our parachutes early. Um, so you, you jump off in your wingsuit, you're gaining momentum, finally your wingsuit pressurizes and you can get some forward speed. So we're flying about 160 kilometers an hour, 170 kilometers an hour. We're not too close to each other because as I said, we're not flying that great. Um, and we realize we're, we're running out of altitude and we're not going to make it to the rugby field. So we pull our parachutes. Uh, and I look over, I see either pull a parachute. And that to me is ooh, at least the canopy is open. At least the, 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 the parachute is open and she's going to land somewhere. <laughs> but she has line twists, um, which means that you can't steer the, the parachute as well as you should. Uh, and at this point as well, we're not going to land on a nice green lawn you know for the rugby field we're going to land in the shrubs and and rocks and boulders and tree stumps and all sorts uh, so she's dealing with the line twist finally gets out the line twist and steer where she wants to go um, and I see her hit the deck and kind of almost bounce and uh, so I'm guessing she's landed downwind so with the with the with the wind on her back giving her extra speed which isn't a good thing. You always want to land into wind so it slows you down for the landing. Um, unfortunately for her, this gives me an indication of which way not to land. <laughs> and I land the opposite direction, land fine. Uh, and I ran up to her because I knew it wouldn't be great. You know, if you had a landing like that, it's not, you know, sprained ankle or something. And I, I went up to her and, and I saw she was crying a little bit, nothing, nothing unusual, you know, Eva has a has a bad jump sometimes and she's a bit annoyed and I thought oh maybe worst case sprained ankle and I, as I get closer I can see there's blood coming out the zip on her wingsuit and I think ah, I'm thinking the worst I'm thinking like open fracture or something because there's nothing sharp particularly around it's more just like a, an impact so I'm thinking open fracture mm -hmm. and I zip open the wingsuit uh, leg wing 
lift up the leg wing and the front of her her shin the skin just flops over like probably about a hand's amount just just flops over mm. and I, I tell her do do not look you know look back up to where we just jumped she's obviously not in that much pain because she's you know she's not hysterical or anything she's she's under control um and I look at the the wound and I can see the bone um so I know that it's not an open fracture um I take a boot off and there's no blood pooling in the bottom of the shoe so I know it's she's not bleeding out or anything it's not a catastrophic hemorrhage or or anything like that so uh so now it just comes down to to getting her to uh to a hospital and getting her off the mountain um so at that point I'm you know, I, I asked her, you know, are you, are you in pain? Can we get you off this? Or do we need to call some sort of medivac? And she's like, no, 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 we, we, we can do this. We can, we can get off. Um, so in some sort of heroic Superman moment, I rip off my shirt, which I later regretted because it's midday summer heat in, <laughs> in Africa and my back's going to be burned at the end of it. But that is, Max burns fine, isn't it? Eva's got a really bad injury. Priorities at <laughs> that moment, yeah. So I rip off shreds of my shirt and I, um, I flat the skin back up, bandage that back together. I mean, it's, it's pretty pointless. There's bits of grass and mud and all sorts in this, in this wound. Um, and uh, yeah, we spend the next two hours shuttling her so i fireman's carry her maybe 100 meters come back get the bags move them up come back and when and when i come back with the bags she started hobbling off and i said you don't know how bad it is like don't don't be walking on it you don't because she hasn't seen it i, I yeah. purposely said do not look at the the injury because mm -hmm. i think it would it'd be a strain mentally so she starts walking. I said, don't, don't do that. So we spend the next two hours slowly like caterpillaring the gear and then her and, and we get back to the car. And, uh, and what, what it was, so I didn't, I didn't mention like what actually happened, but it was, you know, when you cut a tree stump, um, like maybe a chainsaw and you push over the last bit and it leaves almost like a shark fin of, of wood. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's cleanly cut and then just the shark fin. And as she landed, that just ripped through her, her shin um so yeah we tried two hospitals before uh before one of them realized how bad it was because she was you know in a, in a good state she 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 wasn't pale or anything there was no shock uh and then finally the second hospital before they said no 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 go somewhere else sort of thing we said just just look at the photo and they said wow okay straight into surgery um so yeah, she took off the uh, the engagement ring, which I lost because oh, wow. <laughs> she uh, yeah had to take that off for surgery. And then she came out, I think, a couple of hours later. Um, technically, it was plastic surgery. <laughs> and then um, yeah, clean clean the wound considerable amount because it was just yeah it was heaving. Uh, and that was the end of our trip. So I suppose, I mean, you know, in the, in the immediate aftermath of um, this incident, you know, presumably adrenaline is in the system. You're, you're saying yeah. that, um, you know, your, your now wife or then fiance mm. is obviously trying to kind of walk it off and doesn't realize how bad it is. 
how long then from the the place where she crash landed do you have to walk to actually get to the car it wasn't a crazy amount of uh distance maybe like a, a kilometer or something mm-hmm. um but it was it was just it wasn't the e- there was no tracks or anything so it wasn't the easiest um and i definitely didn't want her putting weight on it so as i was saying i had to go back and get the bags i i obviously wouldn't have got the bags if she was in a in a bad state mm-hmm. but you know she she was in a yeah relatively uh, calm emotion and and she was chilled so we went back and got the bags and moved her on so it was yeah and, and how important was it for you in that situation to kind of keep a clear head, stay rational and not sort of freak out the fact that you're dealing with, you know, a, a pretty yeah. horrific sounding uh, leg injury? Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's one of the points Eva made as well. She, she said, like, you know, we've, we've just been engaged and she said, well, that's almost, you know, five minutes later, this scenario just kind of confirmed it to her that, that this is a uh, a good person to marry, <laughs> but um, no, of, of course, like um, th- I've got a military background as well, and there's there's something to be said for, for being calm in in situations where where maybe other people you know would be would be losing their mind a little bit. But it's yeah, there's there's just no reason to start flapping and to start worrying because it just escalates the problem and there's no benefit of it at all. You know, it's to to get a to get a problem solved. You know, you've got to be clear-headed. So yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, sure. Um, and hopefully then she's been maybe left with a scar and and no lasting damage. How how is her leg now? Yeah. Too? Um. Yeah, she um, she was jumping three months after the incident. Um, pretty horrific Frankenstein-style scar. <laughs> um, and the, the, the main problem, because as I said, it was like a whole sort of hand that came down. The main problem was because the scar was all around, the blood wasn't getting into this uh, bit of skin that got you know, stitched back. Um, so she had one more surgery in Switzerland. Um, to, to get uh, the tissue kind of connected again. Uh, and that was really just a little bit aesthetic, like it was a big dip where the scar was, um, but also meant that there was more feeling and um, she, she would get bad pins and needles when the blood wasn't getting in. So yeah, it's all, all back to normal and yeah. Happy Glad days in the mountains. Glad to hear. Uh, Tim, with, with, with all of the, the base jumps and the, the wingsuit base jumps that you've done, um, mm. you know, do, do you still feel a uh, fear? Um, do you still feel fear or trepidation kind of going into a particularly maybe perilous jump or even maybe just a, a standard one? Is, is this something you experience or are you kind of so comfortable with the process and the, the checks that you're carrying yeah. out that you've kind of got a hold on, on that emotion? Yeah, and trepidation is a good word for it. Um, it, it really depends on the jump. Um, I do a lot of like exploratory jumps um, that have never been done before in countries that have never been jumped in before. Um, and, and a lot of those, just because it's unknown, you know, you don't know whether it's all gonna work out until you land, you know? Um, so, so those, yeah, definitely there's some sort of anxiety, but it's, it's a lot of calculations, a lot of methodical uh, research and, and, is a, is a very 
strict sort of process that I follow to, to do those jumps. Um, but there are some jumps like I teach on my course from a bridge that I've done hundreds of times um, that I could just wake up in the morning and fall off that thing and it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you're talking about, um, you know, sort of anxiety or trepidation before a jump, how much do you think that that is an, uh, an impediment and how much do you think it's actually a necessary part of making yeah. sure you are vigilant and, and you're doing all of your checks. You know, I'm quite interested in the psychology of yeah. how helpful fear is really uh, doing something as, as risky as base jumping. So th there's definitely a scale. Um, and when you get past a certain point on that and you're too scared, you're too frightened, um, you know, your heartbeat is, is racing a million miles an hour, you're swaying, your, your mind is all over the place. That's the point where you shouldn't be there you know as, as you say healthy amount perfect because it, it it doesn't give you complacency you know you're at the exit point you're like you know the consequences if i mess up here i could die you know i could hurt myself i could you know something serious could happen that's a healthy amount of fear you know the amount of risk that you're taking but when you're standing there and it's it's part it's beyond that if something does go wrong, something small, because your mind's racing all over the place, you know, it just escalates. And, and I've seen that many times before people, you know, getting so worried and so psyched up, like, oh yeah, come on, let's do this. And then something goes wrong and it just gets worse and worse and worse because you're not focused on the task in hand. I mean, is that the key to sort of overcoming that, that level of excessive fear or emotion and just in terms of focusing on, you know the, the checks the calculations the processes that you have to yeah. go through before every base jump yeah for sure i mean i i think about a lot of things logically um i i, I don't think about things like you know hope and luck and things like that for me it's it's numbers and experience um so everything i do is almost a building block for the next bigger and better thing and that's how i get my experience um but if, if when I do a checklist for a jump or um, when I'm looking at the numbers or the gear, I, I look at it, I acknowledge that it's, it's how I want it to be, and I get it out of my mind, you know. And there's probably five things like that, like the ability, the size of the jump, the landing, the gear, whether I packed it correctly. Mm. And once I've thought about each one, it's done, you know. So when you're at the exit point, you're not worrying about all these things flowing around in your head because you've ticked it off. And now just just uh, focused on on the jump. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. T Tim, what's next for you? Have you got any big projects? Are you going to keep on doing what you're doing in, in different places? Uh, what, what Always. Can we hear about? <laughs> um, yeah, just come back from uh, Kyrgyzstan, which was a really successful mountaineering trip. Um, and then I, my visa has just been uh, accepted for Iran. So uh, I think in September, that's the that's the next big trip. And is, is uh, this uh, is this mountain climbing? Or is this base jumping or both? Uh, a, a bit of bit of everything. Most trips are a bit of everything. Okay. Um, some like Kyrgyzstan uh, focused a bit more on the climbing and I only did two jumps. Um, but yeah, Iran will be a, a healthy balance of everything. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, look, I know you're very active on Instagram. 
uh, we put out some, you know, fantastic content. Of course, we're going to, yes. you know, include your handle uh, in below so people can go and follow you there. We'll also include a link to your website in the description below so that, you know, if people want to find out more about you, you, what you've done and what you've got coming up, they can do that. Thanks very much. Appreciate it, man. Not at all. And it's been fantastic talking to you. Hopefully we'll, we'll talk again soon, Tim. Absolute pleasure. Cheers, man. Have a good one. Cheers. Bye-bye. Okay, that's about as much as we've got time for this episode. Uh, we're going to be back very soon with more amazing tales of adventure. Uh, if you haven't subscribed already, do that now. Of course, we would love a like on whichever platform you're using. Uh, but yeah, until then, goodbye.